you know, the guilt that they learned in school is the guilt that they have to like, not they're not good enough and trying to always succeed. So there's all these psychological messages of a school system that I just wanted to completely eliminate. In this episode, we'll talk about monastery teachings, homeschool co-op, and if you don't like a system, create your own. We'll dive right into Carly Saber's creator story, understand quality over quantity in regards to teaching, and if you don't like something, create something new. Please be sure to listen in to hear all the details. Hello, my wonderful VCs. It's Tina, your host. Welcome to the Courageous Inner Beast. In today's episode, we have Carly Saber, who is a facilitator who uses a modality called Psych-K. Um, Psych-K is a modality that clears limiting beliefs, anxiety, and stress, and also access the subconscious that shifts to deep-rooted beliefs. Thank you, Carly, for joining us today. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. Of course. So to just get start, get things started, what is your courageous story that you would like to share? So um, I love your podcast and I thought about sharing what came before I became a psyche facilitator and how I kind of, I was led to do this thing and just the anxiety of my, my own that got me here, but that also the fear of not succeeding, the fear of not making enough money, the fear of this not working. I really wanted to share that story. And especially before I became a psyche care facilitator, I was a Montessori teacher. And before I became completely the psyche facilitator from a Montessori teacher, I opened up a homeschool co-op. Mm. And I never really share that or speak about that in any podcasts or with clients or when I do guest speaking, because it's kind of my past, but it really supported me because I jumped into this thing that I felt propelled to do and, you know, it succeeded to an extent until I ended it. And it was a really important catalyst for me being where I am today and showing me like that things can grow and things will work. But it was quite courageous because I don't really know anyone else who's done it. It kind of was this idea that I just had and it was coming in from COVID after COVID. So it just, it happened and I jumped in it kind of like without really thinking about it. It just, it just manifested. So what is, what entails in the homeschool co-op? I'm curious of what, yeah. What it was. So when I was classroom I was a Montessori teacher and I love Montessori I love her findings I they really support me with my clients but what I was feeling is that trying to put Montessori philosophy into a school curriculum you know because there's all these boxes to tick it was like putting a circle into a square Mm, mm -mm. I felt like the school system and the stress of the school system and the anxiety of the school system was still affecting and seeping into the energy of the school, the energy of the classroom, even though I was trying to be so strong as a Montessori teacher, there were still kind of boxes I needed to tick. So then lessons I needed to give. And um, as a result, stress that was being created for the children Mm -hmm. to make that a bit more 
Clara, for example, in Montessori, the whole idea is that no subject is better or bigger than another. So you observe the child and let them follow their interests and give them lessons and guide them. Yeah. And obviously you're going to give them all different types of subjects. But if they're wanting to spend most of the day on art, you really allow that because you just trust that they're being propelled and pushed to create a skill that is going to help them in their life. It's going to help them do what they're meant to be doing on this world, in this world rather. So AKA fulfill their purpose. Yeah. So they're going, oh, go ahead. So that, but because, you know, maths and English are so important, that was kind of seeping in and we had to do these literature activities in the art. And I just started, you know, getting wrapped into this game that I didn't want to play. And it wasn't my teaching philosophy. Yeah. So then from that, I've always been like, I love Montessori, but it would be really cute if it was just like a three day program or a five mornings where I just have children and they can kind of go out and we can do more excursions. Yeah. And even when I was starting in a Montessori school, I started to work with the homeschool community and just reaching out and giving consulting because I really valued and loved the idea of homeschooling. If you can do what I did at home with a smaller group of children with quality over quantity, then you should do it. And a lot of people, I think, do have the means and times and effort, but the fear and the whole idea that they learn at school was getting in the way. Mm. So I was like, I wish I could do this idea of like a little homeschool co-op and I just spoke it and the family was like, this is an awesome idea. Like, I want to help you guys, you could create it. Why don't you like write it down and we can discuss exactly what you want. And I was like, oh, okay. And I like, like PowerPoint, (laughs) like I know how to like, like, you know, a business investment, like this is my thing. Yes. And we just spoke about it. Yeah. He gave me really valuable feedback. Um, But at that stage, it was just kind of pretend like I thought about this idea and he was like, we should discuss it. But I didn't really think it would actually go anywhere. Mm -mm. Wait, was it a family that you were talking to or was it like an administrator from the monastery school? It was a pair. It was parents outside my Montessori school that I work that I was working with already. Oh, okay. Oh, so it's the parents, a family, the parents. It's like, yeah, go do it, Carly, go do it. And the dad was like a businessy man. So he's like, okay, like send me a proposal um, and we can discuss how we can. And I was like, oh, what, you know, I, <laughs> what are these words that you're, you're saying? Yeah, a proposal. What is that? <laughs> like, yeah. um, and then I left my job just as COVID hit. And instead of kind of building up my clients and working in a school system, I couldn't because there was no casual teaching. Is that mm. what you guys call it? Casual? Like teacher cover? I think we would teach like five, like five days a week. Like from eight if, to like five. The pa- if, the pa- if the teacher's sick and another teacher comes in. Yes, a substitute. A substitute. substitute, yeah. So we call it substitute casual teacher. So I was thinking I would do that um, so I could still kind of gather income while I researched and built up kind of and started doing my own thing. Yeah. COVID hit so I couldn't do that and I needed an income fast so I started working at um, a 
I'm a primary school teacher, which is ages six to 12 years old. And I started working just a little bit, helping out with children under six years old, because at that time in Australia, you could still get care for younger children if you were working at home. Mm -hmm. I was like, this age group isn't really for me. Um, You know, I'm just the older group. And I actually said, you know, kind of my idea, because everyone's homeschooling is I just would love to you know, create like a homeschool little co-op. This is like COVID's creating and bringing homeschool to the forefront. And she's just like, that's amazing. You should do that. And this one kind of conversation just like sparked it. And I just started reaching out and networking and being like, hi, I can help you and support you with homeschooling. So I started doing it. I started reaching groups who were interested in homeschooling just on different um, platforms. I did some free talks and just really connected with people and got myself out there. Mm-hmm. And there was a lot of people in Sydney as well. And um, towards like that kind of started and I was bringing in one-on-one people to really speak about homeschooling. And then I got into, you know, spoke to someone who was like, I really, I don't want to teach, but I don't want that school. I love this homeschooling thing. And it just kind of happened where I had someone's house and I had a few children and I started creating a homeschool group, which, you know, we called the homeschool co-op. Yes. And it was one day and then I built it to three days and another teacher came on board with me and she did it well and it was really beautiful it was really it was close to the beach it was close to a library so we could just walk out whenever we wanted and like do some work at the library or research down at the beach and we had a mixed group of children that were really young to like 11 years old so Mm -hmm. it was all aged and just the feedback and what I was uh, observing was that the children were a lot more happy that's good wait so how many how many students do you take in per like per session I guess or is it oh I'm just like because I'm not how did it work logistically (laughs) the how it worked logistically was much more of like it wasn't like a school it was more like a library space as such where you could hang out and do your own projects but we'd pull because there was a small group of children we Mm. could pull little groups and do little activities and one-on-one work Mm. so it's kind of so it's like so it's kind of like you like you said library setting where children just come in parents drop their children and then you do activities of however that emphasizes and kind of encourages and the creativity within them but then you also have like selected times of doing activity together Right. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And it's not the whole group together. So it might be like three children at a time. And while those three children are getting a lesson, those other children were doing different activities. They can eat when they want. Say, you know, someone was working on a project and the older children could be quite independent and go off and do their own thing. Mm-hmm. And this is quite it's that's how a Montessori work, Montessori yeah. school works. So it was kind it was following that because that's what I know. Um, it had a lot of its difficulties like a lot of children came from mainstream schooling so they didn't really know how to work independently yeah because everything's always by a set schedule and then this is what you're supposed to do at two o'clock three o'clock four o'clock you go to here and here and here exactly and also it's all based on 
external motivation so like mm-hmm. okay do this thing and then you get a grade or you get a sticker or you're a good boy a good girl yeah and I was really observing how these these model these um these labels and these systems were actually really not good for a human they were like quite harmful because then they're trying you know those people pleasers children have turned into the people pleasing adults um you know the guilt that they learned in school is the guilt that they have to like not they're not good enough and trying to always succeed so there's all these psychological messages of a school system that I just wanted to completely eliminate yeah and also the whole unschooling philosophy is that children learn so if you kind of observe what they they're into and you just kind of are like oh look we can look at this book or we can research it let's go to the library then a child will learn a child will if it's in their environment they'll be interested in it and then they'll ask for help and then that's the moment you can teach them or give them the information and that's when they will succeed so well because they're asking it for themselves and they really want to like take up that yeah like instead of like so it's like you're letting them choose like make the path and Mm -hmm. then whatever the path they choose you are there to teach them more about that path they want versus Mm -hmm. yeah and that's that's so great and then utilizing it as the homeschool for that it's just like more of a closer knit versus like uh, I'm not too sure how monastery school is like, but if it's like a mainstream public school, there isn't that much attention to the children at all. You're like, okay, you're 20 you're kids, 30 kids. For a year. So you might know exactly what that child needs, but by the time you can really get with them and work on it, the year's gone. Yeah. Because there's already too many kids. There's too many kids on play that you can't put your 100% attention on them and assist them and so even having a homeschool as like a smaller group of however the um, your teaching is with monastery it's already amazing you know even creating a homeschool co-op I can already imagine like all the logistics all like all the logistics (laughs) behind that and also the kids and parents and family of how can we navigate everything to smoothly make sure the student, the, the kids and children are learning their best in whatever mm. they are pursuing. And so, yeah, I'm just like, I was like, damn, and like, wow. I'm just mm. like, it's pretty cool, you know, creating something, you know, having the, the, the modality of monastery as your background, but just creating that whole co-op it's wonderful it's Mm. so great yeah and it was it was just really timing and it happened because you know I was kind of like I came from a mainstream uh, not like I came from a job where I was getting a salary twice you know once every two weeks I was very comfortable and I was just pushed in this into this experience where I wasn't going to get paid so I had to create something really quickly Mm. and I did it and like I don't know if I would have ever done it if I wasn't kind of pushed into this time to do it and then it 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 evolved and it went really well and I had a lot of fun doing it I was coming into wanting to do the site K because I just saw how that is such a deeper modality and even what you were just saying, quality over quantity, like you think, oh, we need to get all the children and teach all the children, but actually just 
with a small group or just having a one hour session with one person is going to be more beneficial and reach them more than having to have a big group or see so many people, you know, and I've had to really let go of that because I'm like, but what about the children? Let's take them all in. But the more, the less I can reach, but more deeper will have, in my opinion, a better knock-on effect than, yes. you know, trying to get more people and it not being as, as good or as better, as good quality. Yeah. And then like with that one child, they can go out and because the, like the quality and deep meaning that you have given them, that will affect their life in so many ways, in good ways that they would uh, gravitate and generate what they learn to everyone around them, all of their friends and family around them. And so, you know, because whatever you Most gave them, is, yeah, it's like totally. the knockoff effect. Like, yeah, totally. Yeah. And it seems, and it seems, so how did you, you said that it took you a while, right? So how long did it take for it to, I guess, send off I, I don't know the word, right word for it but like so yeah. it happened all pretty quickly because it was really right timing where people were like I love this whole homeschooling idea I am observing that maybe school's not the best thing mm -hmm. and COVID really brought a lot of like light to that but they don't necessarily want to school their children themselves or do the whole like may you know on homeschooling be with their child every day and homeschooling there's a spectrum of like people who do anything and everything with their children to others who do um nothing and they're in all different types of classes and learning online mm -hmm. and some people kind of do more unschooling some people doing more mainstream at home there's so much that you can do yeah so I think I could really come in at this time and be like what do you need? What's your style and how can you create it in your home? And what do you need to let go of to understand that you can do this? And as a result, it built up quite quickly. And then the other teacher that came in, she was a teacher for 10 years and she's like, I don't want to be in the school system. And she brought a lot of people as well. Mm. And so that was really good because we just had this, this group of people but what happened was, so I decided that I wanted to move out of the city. So I kind of moved out of the city and she took it over and I supported her and kind of did all the behind the scenes and spoke to the parents, which was amazing because it meant that I had a little income and a little project that I could do as I built myself up in a new place and networked with this community. So I didn't like have to kind of start from scratch. So it was a really, a very supportive experience. I realized that I wanted to do the psyche, as I said, so it didn't end up going and I wanted to leave. So it was the only homeschool co-op in that area at the time. It's now finished, but um, it went for without me there for an, an over a year. Uh, so it was incredible because it went on for a year while I moved away and could um, get settled, but still support and have something going. And then basically I, it tapered off because that teacher wanted to move on and do other things. And I was here and wanted to put more energy into finding people who needed that one-on-one -on -one support with any anxiety and stress that either they are having as as parents or for their children. 
Yeah. So then I let it go. So it was quite short lived, but it was really an incredible experience. And I don't, as I said, I don't speak about it much because I normally come on here and speak about Site K and what, like, the, how Site K works and how it can support you. But it really was an incredible way to support me where I had to jump into running my own business connecting with people instead of just being the teacher I had to be the marketing financing organizing guiding and realize like oh well I can do this yeah and if you feel propelled like propelled to do something if it's like a homeschool co-op or something that you just are really annoyed about just jump into it even if it doesn't last long even if it kind of fails because it gives you so much without you realizing, even if it feels like a terrible disaster, which mine wasn't, but looking back, you'll be like, no, but that's the biggest growth and the biggest learning I experienced. Yeah. Nothing else that I wanted to do in that moment. So I had to be doing that. Um, so <laughs> Sorry about my... Sorry about that. <laughs> okay, did it mute? I briefly just saw because there was um. It's okay now. Uh, and so, yeah, like you're pretty much what you're saying is, if you don't like something, create it yourself. That's mm -hmm. that's what I'm getting at. And so, thank you so much, Carly, for sharing your story with me and sharing with us. It's like you said, like, yeah, it, you're, you don't really um, share this a lot in other podcasts. So I really appreciate you wanting to share it here because that's like pretty much the first step of being where you are now and then being your own business, having mm -hmm. your own business. And like you said, being a marketer, uh, finance and everything that you could think of. <laughs> you have to do that you don't want to do you're like I just want to do my expertise yes and then you're like no <laughs> I can't just do that <laughs> no but um it makes sense and so if you so just to wrap everything up real quick is what is one what is one quote you would like to share to our audience that to take away from well I think you kind of said it, which was really beautiful that you really got that out of what I was saying. And I love that you said it yourself is um, if there's something that you want, like you don't like, do it yourself. Because mm. you just said that. And I was like, yeah, you're right. And so many people complain about things not being right or good or they're, they're, it's annoying, but it, it can just be a simple, you know, a really simple task of like putting up something something on Instagram or connecting to a group and saying I'm not really enjoying if it's homeschooling you know I'm not really enjoying my children at being at school like how can I homeschool and just putting the steps or if it's something to do with the environment you know instead of complaining like oh we have such a bad environmental system hey you know email the council or do something there's going to be other people there who are going to have that passion and energy and even if it's once a week or once a month, even where you can get together and be like, how can we create and implement little steps to ch make change? Yeah. Cause a lot of people, you know, there's a lot of like, they're annoyed about something and they're, they're not, 
you know, they're not bothered, but it doesn't take a lot and then it can just evolve. Yeah. So exactly what you said, be courageous. If there's something that really bothers you or you're passionate about it, take a little step to do it and let it evolve because we can make change. We do make change, even if it feels little, even if we see this big task and we think it's so daunting. Um, so that's it. So I kind of, I took it from you, but you took it from me, but that's kind of how it works, right? <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. Thank you so much for sharing. And thank you so much also to be joining in with us. It's been such a great conversation. I appreciate it. And so, thank you. And thank you so much for having me. Of course. And so, and thank you for everyone for listening in. If you enjoy this podcast, Please hit the follow button wherever you are going, um, wherever you're listening, and look out for new episodes every Tuesday on the Courageous Inner Beast. Thank you for listening in. If you enjoy our conversation and would like to get connected with Carly Saber, please look in the description/slash show notes and find more information and for the links.